Aloha, everyone. Welcome to the Oahu Church of Christ. And I'm so thankful that you prioritized worshiping God today and joining together virtually online. Our world is changing right before our eyes. There's mass protesting happening throughout the United States, close to 150 cities, where thousands upon thousands of people are voicing their opinions. All ignited by the murders of Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. Anger, hatred, pain, and suffering all coming alive again. Satan is loving this time. I also believe that God sees this as an opportunity to change, legitimate change in our world. Some of us are feeling the impact of what's happening more than others. No matter where we're at, and this is what I want us to hear, we all need to care. We all need to care. Not only do we need to go to God's word, but we've got to listen to each other. We've got to be able to care for each other. We've got to be able to strengthen one another at this time. It's pivotal. It's important. And what's happening in our world right now, it's not an issue of being political or not political. The issue is about being human. Being human in the world that we live in. As people of faith, we've got to go to God's word. We've got to be able to hear Jesus' voice because he's the one that's going to lead us down the right path. He's going to lead us the right way. And that path is going to affect our heart. It's going to affect our mind. It's going to affect our perspective. If you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn over to the book of Acts. And I'd like you to go to chapter 1. We've entitled these next several lessons the helper, because as people, we need a lot of help right now. And, and here's the thing, quite honestly, we try to plan our, our lessons, we try to you know, plan what we, we're going to feed the congregation, but honestly, something could happen this next week and we're gonna have to just call an audible. But what our, our heart and mind right now is, we wanna be able to talk about God and, and the helper. And who is that helper? That helper is the Holy Spirit. That's who we wanna be able to talk about. We want to be able to talk about what the Holy Spirit has done and who the Holy Spirit is. And inspired by the book of Acts, and the book of Acts stands for the the actions of the apostles or the actions of the Holy Spirit. And we learn what the Holy Spirit has done in the first century. Written by Luke, the book of Acts picks up where the gospel of Luke left off. And the book of Acts gives so many different details of the birth and the early years of the church that Jesus promised. And Luke, time and time again in this book, communicated two very important truths, very important truths that uh, we need to be able to understand why the church spread so rapidly during its time. The first truth was the, 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 the indispensable fact the, uh, uh, that Jesus resurrected from the dead. That was indisputable. 
The second truth was the indispensable presence of the Holy Spirit. It was, it was based on those two foundations of why the church was so successful in impacting the entire world. It was based off the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we had Easter several weeks ago, and that's the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. We can't forget that the resurrection is still true today. And what was true in the first century is also true for us today. If the church is going to be impactful and powerful, then we're going to need to base our preaching off the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we're going to need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because without these two foundational truths in our life, then the church would not have hope and the church would not have any kind of power whatsoever. Let's start reading in Acts chapter one, in verse one. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't immediately go to heaven after he resurrected from the dead, but the Bible talks about how he he ministered to the disciples over 40 days, strengthening them, shoring up their faith, And he gave them instructions through the Holy Spirit. But the scriptures give us a very significant clue of what Jesus talked about after he resurrected from the dead. The Bible talks about he spoke about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The church. The family of believers. This community of set apart individuals that would live their life for the Lord that God was going to be ushering in this special group of people that were his, that were dedicated to him, giving up their entire lives for him. That's what Jesus spoke about, the kingdom of God. Before talking about the Holy Spirit, I want us to talk about the kingdom of God here for a moment. And it's something It's really important for us to be able to understand. And for some of us, this might be new in understanding what the kingdom of God is and what God meant it for. But for others, I hope it's a a powerful, refreshing reminder, inspiring reminder for you that, that does understand what the kingdom of God is for. It was an important topic in the first century preaching. Jesus preached about it. Look at this. Look at this, this, uh, this verse here in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. And then look at this, what he says here. The kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It's coming soon. It's close. It's just around the corner. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus is calling the people to get ready. If you're going to get into this kingdom of God, you better get ready. You better change your mind. You better change your behavior. You better repent of sin, turning away from sin and believing the good news. Jesus preached about it. He also spoke about it with a sense of urgency. In Luke chapter 4 verse 43, 
But Jesus said, I must preach the good news, look at this, of the kingdom of God. To the other towns also, because that, that is why I was sent. This is incredible. Jesus is helping to understand one of the reasons why he even came to earth. He came to earth so that he could preach the good news about the kingdom of God. That's how special and unique the kingdom of God was. Jesus also sent his disciples to go and preach the word. In Luke 9, verse 1 and 2, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And look at this. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Even Jesus sent out his disciples to be able to talk about, preach about, speak about, usher in the kingdom of God and get people excited and prepared to enter it. And then later on in Luke chapter 10, verse one, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him him to every town and place where he was about to go. And what did he do? What kind of message did Jesus give those disciples of 72 followers of his? In chapter 10, verse nine, it says, heal the sick who are there and tell them. And these are Jesus's words. The kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to your feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I hope we realize and we see the message of what Jesus is talking about. Even after his death and his resurrection, the disciples were preaching about the kingdom of God. Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. Why? Why is the kingdom of God so important? It's because Jesus knew. Jesus understood that in the kingdom is where all people would now understand God's eternal plan of bringing all people together. The kingdom of God was so special and so unique to that current world and to the world that we live in today was that in the kingdom of God, in God's church, in God's family, in God's community of disciples of Christ, all people from all over would understand God's eternal plan to bring all people together with him. And when Jesus called humanity to repent, do you know what he called us to be able to do? He called us to to change allegiance He called people to shift their loyalties and their fidelities from the things of this world and to place now their loyalty and their love and their commitment and their heart and their life over to Jesus and God our Father. He was calling all of us to change our allegiance, to shift our thinking, to change the way that we thought and no longer would we be dominated by the things that we we think of this world, but our wisdom would come from heaven from above. That's what Jesus was calling us to do. We would change our thinking. We would change our behavior. We would leave our sinful past behind and no longer want to live for the sinful things of this world. God created a new nation. The Bible talks about how we're a holy nation of people belonging to him. We are set apart. We're no longer living for 
this world, but we're living for things above. Even in Revelation chapter seven, verse nine, it says that people from every nation, tribe, and language would be standing before the throne of the lamb. Do we, do we see what God is trying to do? God's plan is to gather all races, all people, all types, all languages, all forms to him. That is his plan because we're all created in his image. We're all made from God. And everyone would understand this. Everyone in the kingdom of God would understand that we were all made in his image. We are, we are, we are of God. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters of his. We all have the same access and privileges to God. It's all because of Jesus Christ. But the question that I've had to wrestle with and the question I believe that so many in this world have had to question with today is, is it this way in the world and even perhaps in the church? Is this how our world is operating? And is this how, is this how people treat one another? And is this how people see one another? And it's been made very, very clear recently. The answer is no. The answer is no. And, and I want you to lean in here for a moment, guys. This, this is why it's, it's, it's so important we like get this. It is, it is so important we, we get it. It's so important we understand what's happening in our world today, especially what black men and women are going through in their lives. It's so important that I get it. It's so important that you get it, that we all get it, that we open up our minds and we open up our hearts and we seek to understand and we seek to educate ourselves and we seek to get sensitive to what's going on to God's children, regardless of, of color, regardless of language and where we come from. It is so important for us to understand. And here's the thing, guys, we need to fight to understand. I need to fight to understand. I need to fight to be sensitive. I need to, I need to fight to care. You need to fight to understand and to care what's going on to other men and women. We've got to stand up. We've got to stand up with our, our black brothers and sisters. We've got to stand up with the black community in our world and help them and support them and stand up with them and not be part of the problem, but be part of the solution. You know, I had a conversation with one of our brothers who is black in our fellowship this past week and we asked him just how he was feeling and how he was doing with everything that was happening. And he began to share with us uh, just the things that he goes through. How he grew up, the fears, the apprehensions, the 
just the challenges that he would go through all because of the color of his skin. And it was heartbreaking just to be able to hear all that he's had to go through and how he's had to process things in life. Whether it be from just growing up, whether it be from his work environment, whether it just be from society and how society has treated him. And these are many things, guys, that so many of us will, will not go through and have to experience. And see, here's the thing. We've got to do our best. We've got to do our best. And this includes me. We've got to do our best to put ourselves in someone else's skin, not just their shoes. Because if we do that, then we're going to be able to be a lot more compassionate. We're going to be a lot more caring and patient. We're going to be able to give empathy. We're going to be able to listen because there are a lot of men and women in the black community who are really hurting. There's deep pain. There is, there is suffering because of the lack of justice and fairness in our world today. The black community needs to be heard, needs to be validated, needs to be affirmed. I mean, isn't, isn't that what Jesus has done for you and for me? We go to God, we're in pain. We ask God to take the pain away, our sorrow. We ask God to forgive us. And God's there. God's there to listen to us, to comfort us, to build us up, to encourage us. He's there to take care of us. You know, this past week in our Ohana group, we were asked the question, so how are we feeling with everything that's going on? And well, that was a, that was a, a question that really delivered silence at our Ohana group for a moment because, uh, you know, everyone's just processing things so differently. And I had to think about it for a moment when I communicated to the brothers that my heart had been really influenced by just a number of factors over the last several days. It could be, you know, watching the news to reading different articles, but it's intense. It's intense, and and guys, we, we need to open up our hearts. We need to open up our minds. We need to strive to have the heart of Jesus Christ. But I told the brothers, I just, I had to go to the Bible. I had to remind myself of God's word and what God's word says because I didn't want it, I didn't want my reactions or how I respond solely relying on just my feelings and my emotions. And I want to encourage you to go to the Bible as well because God's, 
God's word as a lamp to our path. If you allow God to take you by the hand, he will lead you down the right path. And you'll get through these times and you'll be able to process things and understand and be more comforted because of his saving grace. But I was reminded of passages like 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. It says, we are all baptized by one spirit. Look at this, into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. I mean, do you see what, what God's done? If, if any person decides that they want to follow Jesus Christ and they respond to the saving message of the gospel, we all have that same freedom to be able to repent, to change, to be baptized. And what God does is he baptizes us into the same family. We are now co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We have the same rights and privileges as any child of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 11 says, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. If you hate people, you're in darkness. If you, if you have hatred in your heart and you store it and you, you hold it in and you don't let it go, then, then the Bible says you're still walking in darkness. He does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. The kind of blindness we need is we need color blindness. We need to be able to see each other the way that God sees us. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him. For the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Aren't, aren't you appreciative of that? God does not look at the things that we look at the way we look at things, the way we look at other people. And if it's not influenced by God, it, it is, is not how God sees things. Look what the scripture says. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God does not judge by the color of our skin. That is just not our God. That's not how he treats us. That's how the kingdom of God should be. That's who those who are in the kingdom of God should be able to influence other people in this world to consider those things too. In Galatians 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Again, we see we're all one. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. And in John 13, verse 34 and 35, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. We love the way that Jesus loved us and we treat each other that way people will know that we're disciples of Jesus 
Christ. I certainly don't have all the answers. I'm not in a position to rewrite national policies or to change laws. I'm not in that position. But what I do know is that God is the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world. He is absolutely the solution. If the world followed the path of Jesus Christ, we would have a different world today. Jesus will lead us. He's the ultimate answer. He will lead our hearts. He will lead our minds and how we treat other men and women. What I see is that it starts with me being led by him. It starts with me seeing other people through the lens of Jesus Christ. It starts with me treating others with respect and love and compassion. And here's, here's what I want you to remember, brothers and sisters. The problem is sin, not skin. The answer is grace, not race. What will the Holy Spirit do for you and for me? John 16 verse 8 says, when he comes, and this is Jesus saying this, he, referring to the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. I hope you and I are feeling the conviction that God wants us to feel so that we are prompted to change within our hearts and we're prompted to change in our actions because things have to change, brothers and sisters. Our world needs to change. What can you and I do as I close? Where where do we even start? There's so many different layers There's so many different levels. Where do we start? We need to start with God. We need to start with him. He is the origin of love. He is the origin of everything that's right. And you and I have to start with God. That's where we've got to start. Here are my challenges. If we're gonna start changing. Number one, be self-aware. Start Start with yourself. Start with yourself. Ask yourself the question, what role have you played in this system of racism? Whether, whether we want it or not, guys, we're, we're part of this. We're part of this. And we're either part of the problem or we're part of the solution. And I, I want to challenge you to reflect what's in your heart when it comes to racism. I want to challenge you to pray about it. Search the scriptures. Let God lead you and change you. Number two, be willing to talk about it. I want to encourage you to be willing to to talk about this with your friends who are black and with your friends who aren't black. But we've got to have constructive conversation courageous conversations that are going to get to the heart. But to be willing to talk about it, to listen to each other's pain, to listen and show compassion to one another, to show empathy, to give grace.
to treat each other the way that God would treat us. And then lastly, be grateful. Be grateful for the kingdom of God. Jesus preached about it. He sent his disciples to preach about it. Jesus knew that the kingdom of God was going to be a special place. A special place where people would be guided by his word to be different. To live a brand new born again life. To no longer think the way the rest of the world thinks. But to get their wisdom from heaven. This is God's dream. It's always been his dream that the entire world, that everyone is part of the kingdom of God. And you got to make sure and be responsible to make sure you are part of his kingdom. Let's do these things, Oahu Church. Let's be different. We've got to be sobered by these times. I pray you open up your heart. You open up your mind. You seek to understand. You seek to be compassionate. You seek to be a builder. You seek to lift other people up. Thank you for worshiping this morning. God bless.